Well, good evening, everyone. It's an incredible privilege to be able to share with you this evening um, just what I felt upon the Lord's heart for us. And as Richard shared that, come, Lord Jesus, come. I just had these words echo in my heart. I'm coming soon and there's much work to be done. I'm coming soon and there's much work to be done. And while we were worshiping, I was, I sort of had a flood, if you want to call it a photo dump of heaven. <laughs> I had all these pictures of times in different people's lives that I know, that I, that I get to journey with, pictures and sort of shots of my own life where the Lord has so radically stepped in and altered our destiny, altered our choices, altered what we wanted to do in exchange for what he wants to do. And I felt like in worship tonight was one of those moments where if we say yes to Jesus in this moment, if we say yes to that which we felt faith rise up in our hearts for during this time tonight, over these two nights, that our lives will be look remarkably different than what they do now. And I was reminded of, I think it was about 1993, um, I was in my third year at university, and that shows you how wonderfully young I am. I had the privilege of going to my first LTT in the Drakensberg in KwaZulu-Natal. We met in a tent where you worshipped, and the, it was just ground on the floor, and the dust would rise while we sang Jabulani Africa. I don't know if any of you remember that. But can I say those days marked me forever? There were things that Jesus dropped in my heart. There were encouragements. There were things that people preached. There were moments in worship where I just felt something shift in my heart, and I had to just say yes. I didn't even always know what I was saying yes to, but I just said yes. And it was like my trajectory of my life just changed every time, every year, I think for every year that there was a Drakensberg and a Bloemfontein and a whatever after that, I was there. And without fail, God would meet me. The Holy Spirit would meet me in those sweet times of worship, during a message, during a conversation. And I'd say, yes, Lord. I don't know what I'm saying yes to. I remember right here where Richard is sitting now, Richard and Zelda were sitting just before they took over. I wasn't planning to share this, but... Um, just before they took over leading this church. And Rob Rufus was preaching, and if you know Rob Rufus, uh, dynamite definitely comes in small packages. And he prayed over Richard and Zelda. And he started releasing something, and it, and it wasn't known yet that they would take over the church. And he started saying something about, and we know, and then he stopped. And Richard and Zelda were powerful. I remember Richard just falling out under the power of the Holy Spirit and I asked Richard this week, what happened in that moment? And he said, I felt the weight and the burden of leading this church come on me in that moment. See, don't underestimate these moments. This is not another meeting. It's not just another time we're sitting here together. God is touching and marking our lives because he is coming back and there's much work to be done. And the word that I felt for us in our region, in our churches represented here it was a word that I just felt to repeat over and over us. Multiply, multiply, multiply. Multiply, multiply, multiply. And I want to release that word over us this evening. 
that everything in us, everything that happens through us, through our lives, through our churches, that there would be a multiplication, that as that grace comes that, uh, that Ray brought this evening, that, that power, empowering grace that comes, it would enable us to multiply because Jesus is coming soon and there is much work to be done. And so I felt that in this time, we are, a, we are people of one of two responses, as we've gone through these last 18 or 19 months, we have been people of one or two of these responses. Well, either one of them. And you can fit the shoe and put it on if it fits you. We've either been those that says, let me cope, let's look after me, let's make sure I'm okay. And the greatest area of exercising our faith is getting us to a meeting and hoping we don't catch anything. <laughs> where our cry has been, Lord, help me, pray for me, minister to me, phone me, check that I'm okay. It's been an inward, self-preserving moment. What can you do for me? Or you've been the person that says, let me continue to do the work of multiplying and advancing the kingdom, where we've had an outward kingdom focus, and we've said, Lord, what must I do for you and for others? And I'm trusting tonight that if we are in the first category <laughs> of COVID, this is all about me, that we would change that focus tonight so that we can multiply that which God is doing amongst us and through us. That we would understand that the mandate and the mission of Jesus has not changed because of COVID. <laughs> what he spoke to us before COVID is the same as he's speaking to us during COVID and it will be the same that he's speaking after COVID. The early church thrived in adversity. It says every time that there was persecution, there was adversity, there was a challenge, the church increased, the church multiplied. And my friends, that is what we are called to do as believers, not just as leaders, not as leaders of churches, but as simple believers. <laughs> simple believers, we are called to multiply because throughout the Bible, there is a unified story there's an unfolding storyline of multiplication. It's not just a verse here and maybe a verse there. And if you're in the mood and if that's your flavor and if you're sort of part of a church planting movement, then maybe you can multiply. No, there's a storyline throughout Scripture of everything Jesus touched. Everywhere God was, there was fruitfulness, there was growth, and there was multiplication. It is who God is. It's in his DNA. And he says, if you are made in my image, if you are made to be like me, if you want to be like me, then everything that you do needs to multiply because that is who God is. So we see in Genesis 1, I'm going to run through just some scriptural basis for this. The first command to humanity is a mandate focused on multiplication. Genesis 1 verse 26, we know it. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over that. And that's not just speaking about having babies. <laughs> that's about creating people in his image. And for us as believers to create and call others to be in his image. In Genesis 22 verse 17, God promises to Abraham... God's promise to Abraham was a promise of multiplication. I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. 
We see in Deuteronomy 6 verse 3, God gave his law to Israel that they might multiply in the promised land. And can I say multiplication, if you belong to the Lord, is not just about people. God brings multiplication of land to his people. Wherever there was the blessing of God, there was land that was given to the people. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them that it will go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God, your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Jesus commissioned his disciples to multiply followers among all the nations and people through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we know in Matthew 28 verse 18. Go therefore and make disciples. That means you replicate. Just as it said, go and be fruitful, replicate who you are baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The early church in Acts 9.31 multiplied as they worshiped God and enjoyed the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Paul told his disciple Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 to 2, to multiply leaders who multiply leaders. I think you're getting the theme of scripture here. I don't think I need to carry on. You see, wherever God was, there was multiplication. There was fruitfulness that came to the people of God. And his expectation, his mandate, his mission has not changed. And I felt for us as a region, we need to get back to that mandate and that mission that Jesus has given us to multiply whatever he has given us. And I felt that at this time, the Holy Spirit is highlighting this to us. He wants us to intentionally multiply. And I use that word intentionally because it's a choice. It's not something we're just happily walking through the days as it just happens. No, we intentionally choose to multiply. Can I say you intentionally choose to have children? Okay, some people don't intentionally choose. It's called an oops. But generally, if we're following the plan of biology, we plan to have so many children. We choose to multiply. So I felt that God wants us to multiply the number of home groups we have. He wants us to multiply to engage our cities in ways to engage our cities with the good news and multiply the regularity with which we do it. He wants us to multiply leaders who multiply leaders. He wants us to multiply ministries that serve our communities. He wants us to multiply sites and services. He wants us to multiply the number of church plants happening. And he wants us to multiply the anointings and giftings as we are faithful with those giftings and anointings. And these are areas that I believe the Lord is calling us to. And he's not calling the guy sitting in the front row because you can only multiply one home group with one couple. (laughs) He's calling every person to multiply that which God has given you, multiply it and make it more. Make it fruitful. Let us see growth. And so we might ask, well, why multiply? Can't we just camp around some other themes of the Bible? And yes, we can camp around those themes. But why would we camp around multiplication? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. You're such an inquisitive bunch of people. You see, in Acts verse 67, it says, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And so we ask, why do we do this? 
Because it's the mandate of heaven. Because this is why Jesus came. Why do we multiply? Because when we multiply, salvations multiply. We see more people get saved. We get, see more people get healed. We, get more peop- we see more people get delivered. We see more people get set free. We see more families come and be restored. We see marriages re- restored. We see teenagers being delivered of drug addiction and pornography and all the people de- delivered of addictions and pornography. You see, that is why we need to multiply the work of God because it multiplies in people. The work of God multiplies in people. It's not something out there that happens. No, actually, healing happens in one person, then it happens in another person, and then it happens in another person, and another person gets saved, and another household gets saved. That is why we do this, because that is why Jesus came. And so we do it in obedience to the command and the mandate of heaven. See, I think we've made the church about a lot of other things. When the primary purpose and call of the church is always to multiply salvations, healings, deliverance, restorations, make disciples, mature disciples, raise up leaders who raise up leaders, who get more people saved, more people healed, more people delivered, more disciples matured, and then we start again. See, church can be built around worship, and it can be built around lighting, and have you got a good coffee shop, and you know, how many, this and that. No, actually, that's just getting back to what we were called to do. So how do we do that? Wherever we see multiplication in the Bible, there's, almost, there's always these common threads that follow multiplication. And if you ask anybody here, that has had to say yes to God at any point in time around something that God has asked them to do, challenged them to do, stepped up to do, there's always been revelation that has come from the Word of God. Whether that is the Word of God in Scripture, whether that's a word that's come by the Holy Spirit, there's been a moment of revelation that's come, and in that moment of revelation, there's a faith that's come with that revelation to say, Yes, Lord, even though you don't always know what you're saying, yes, it might scare you, you go, yes, Lord. And as that faith comes, God releases power, and as that power comes, we go in that power. And so that is how we multiply. Nothing has changed. If we follow the pattern of Scripture, it says in Acts 11, verse 24, this is speaking about Barnabas, it says, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. You read of Stephen in Acts 6 verse 8, it says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. See, where does revelation come from? Where does faith come from? In Romans 10 verse 17, it says, and faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? Hearing God speak, hearing the word of God. So what does that faith look like? You know, sometimes we're waiting for these words to be written on the wall and someone to call you out in a meeting and it's got to be so clear that you're not prepared to witness to someone unless the Lord led you. We giggle at that, but it's actually true. 
It's like, okay, Lord, you want me to start a home group? Okay, Lord, you want me to start this ministry? Okay, you just want me to open my home to have a home group. You don't even have to lead it. Just open your home to have a home group there. It's like, okay, Lord, send me a word. Send me this. You want me to go with the ministry across town to go and feed people? Okay, Lord, send me a word. There's certain things God doesn't need to send you a word because it's in his word. So God never has to tell us to go because he's already told us to go. He doesn't need to say preach the good news. He doesn't need to tell us again to lay hands on people, to pray for them for healing, to share the gospel, to trust for miracles, signs, and wonders, because it's already in his word. And so faith comes from reading that word and going, sure, I'm believing that, and so I'm going to do that. And that's how we multiply. By hearing the word of God, taking the word of God, believing the word of God, having faith in our hearts, stepping out, the power of God comes and meets us and we're able to go in his power, as it said of Stephen and Barnabas, full of faith and full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that incredible? And we want words and we want this, which are they wonderful things. But church, God has already spoken through his word. And it's time for us to take that seriously and believe his word. And often when there's not faith to do what his word is telling us, it's because we leave believing a lie either about who God is, that he's not enough, he's not going to come through, he's not going to provide, he's not, I'm not able, or it's a lie about who I think I am, or it's both. <laughs> so, friends, we've got to stop waiting for that better day to go and to multiply. It's like, well, I've just got to wait until my kids are a bit older, or we've just got to wait until our finances are a bit better, and we're just going to wait to open our home because it's, you know, we're just going to wait until we have more space, or we can serve better food, or we can, you know, I'm not going to pray for healing now, I'm just going to wait until I've sorted myself out a little bit, and then I'm going to pray for someone for healing, and I'm not really, I'm going to wait, we, we, we sit with this life of waiting for that better day to come. <laughs> We heard Richard say tonight, Jesus is coming back and there is work to do. There's not time to wait to multiply. We need to be taking God at his word, the revelation of his word, mixing that with the faith that he gives us and receiving the power of the Holy Spirit and going to multiply the kingdom. So it says there was revelation, there was faith, and then they said that there was, there's always the power of the Holy Spirit present. When the church multiplied, when miracles multiplied, when churches multiplied, when believers multiplied, there was faith and there was power. And uh, Ray didn't know what I was preaching about this evening or what's going to share. And that power that enables us to do what we cannot do in our own strength. That is the power that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the power that comes in Acts 1 verse 8 where it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's that power from John 20 verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Not Nick and Shelley, no, I'm sending you. Put your name in there. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's that power that I'm talking about. And there is something active in receiving the Holy Spirit. 
You see, because I can just go, well, I'm going to merrily carry on my way, and when the Holy Spirit feels to interrupt me, then, then he can. Or I, I'll wait for someone else to, to lay hands on me. <laughs> no, there's an act of waiting. Like Jesus said, go to the upper room and wait for me. They had to do something and position themselves to receive the Holy Spirit. And we need to position ourselves daily, waiting for that impartation of grace and power to do what we could never do on our own. Because can I tell you, you can't lead a home group, and you can't preach, and you can't share the gospel, and you can't pray for people, and you're going, well, I thought that's what you're trying to tell us. No, you can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit, otherwise you're just doing it in your own strength. And so God doesn't say, okay, off you go, good luck, let's see how you do. When you fail, come back and then I'll tell you that you actually needed the power. <laughs> he says, I'm calling you, I've given you my word, I've given you my mission and my mandate, I've put a revelation in your heart, you have faith that I've given you, now I'm giving you power to go and do the work that I've called you to do. And we receive it by faith and not by our feeling. Well, you know, Richard prayed for me and I didn't feel anything, so hey, like, I don't know if I did or didn't receive <laughs> No, we receive by faith because that's what his word said. When I ask, I receive. Rather get Zelda to pray for you, yeah. Her success rate is much higher. Have you ever thought where it says the power came on them and they went out and they were witnesses? What does it mean to be a witness? What were they actually doing? Were they going saying, we've witnessed this, we've witnessed, what were they actually doing when they witnessed? Because that's what God's asking us to do. That's what Jesus empowers us to do. You see, they came and they demonstrated that power to people. That power and the gifts in operation, they were functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They were prophesying over people. They were having words of knowledge for people. They were praying for people for healing. They saw demons being cast out. They saw lame people getting up. They saw dead people being raised. And as that happened, that was a sign to who Jesus was and the power that they came in. And often we go, well, sorry, Rich, you first got to get saved and then I'll pray for you for healing. Actually, you know, I can't prophesy over you because you're an unbeliever. Um, actually, can, can you just get saved first and then I'll cast that demon out? <laughs> now, when they went in the power of the Holy Spirit, they went and they exercised the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They demonstrated the power and then the word came and people believed because of that. And sometimes we want people to get their lives sorted out and can you please stop doing this, this, and this before you come to church and then maybe you can get saved and then we'll release all the stuff. Then you get the good stuff. Can I say maybe we're not seeing enough healings and manifestations of the power of God because we're just doing it on one another, where it was actually meant to multiply believers. It was meant to multiply the church. They shared the gospel. They prayed for people. They used the gifts of the Spirit to point people to Jesus. They got people's attention through the manifestation of the gifts. And so we need to, as people, and I'm going to wrap this up, we as people need to position ourselves, if we want to see multiplication, as a people that take the word of God and the instruction and the commands of God seriously. And we say, I believe, Jesus, you've called us to go. 
I believe you've called us to pray for the sick. I believe you've called us to use the gifts and the talents and the skills that you've put upon our lives. We believe that we are going to walk in faith. And so we go with that faith and we receive the power of the Holy Spirit to do the works that he's called us to do. And I believe that as we do that, as a region, as churches here represented, we will see that multiplication happen. And it's time for us to say, Lord, you are coming soon. There is much work to be done. What do you want me to do? We just read the scripture. Do you want a prophetic word? Here's your prophetic word. Go. Do you want a prophetic word? Plant a home group. Do you want a prophetic word? Open your home to host a home group. Do you want a prophetic word? Go and pray for the sick. Go and cast out those demons. Pray for that person that sits next to you in their office for their son that is addicted to drugs. Go and pray for him. Don't phone Nick because he can't drive at the moment. (laughs) What is our faith response? How do we respond to this word? You see, I'm pretty practical. I'm so not one of those mystic, prophetic types of people. It's like, okay, when I wake up tomorrow, how does my life change? What do I do differently than what I did today? You see, I hear the word, I believe the word, I receive the power of the Spirit, and I go in His name. It's really that simple. And we need to take some steps of faith practically. And the first thing we need to do, I know Tracy might be up in the gallery. Can you... Can both of you, um, is there a child on your lap? Can you both come down quickly? The first thing we need to do practically is change our mindsets. Because Graham and Tracy are expecting their third child, which they planned to go forth and multiply. And I want to use them as a picture tonight of the type of mindset that we need to have to see multiplication happen. Don't you just love to be used, your belly to be used as a prop? So as you can see, Tracy's very pregnant. You can come up here. It's all your fault anyway. (laughs) You see, before they had kids, they slept late, They spent all their money on themselves. They watched series late at night. Then they slept late into the morning. They'd sleep in on a Saturday, go for coffee. Life has changed, hasn't it? Yeah, their parents now do that for them. (laughs) Life has changed for them, and it's going to change again. You see, because when we want to multiply, yeah, they're multiplying in the natural. But when we want to multiply spiritually, when we want new babies to come into the lives of our churches, when we want to see disciples made, when we want to see people grow, we're going to have to change the mindset from I can spend all my money, all my time, all my energy, all my likes, it's all about me and what we want to do, to actually know all my money, all my time, all my resource, all my sleep, All my everything goes into this little bambino. Because out of relationship, there was fruitfulness. And as fruitfulness comes, it's going to cost them to see multiplication. 
And I want you to remember this picture tonight. Because, can I say, we need to change, thanks guys. Um, we need to change the mindset and just hold on to your seat here because this might just shock some of you. Because I know it's nobody in this room. But please phone the people that aren't here and tell them. We need to change our mindsets from going to church to receive to a mindset that says we go to church to serve, to give, and to multiply that which there already is. You get one Sunday of tea and coffee and free cake. Then it's about multiplying this again and again for somebody else. <laughs> you get one Sunday of sending your kid to crash. Then you go and serve in the crash. <laughs> You maybe have a few months of going to a home group to be loved and cared for. Then you start one to love and care for. You see, if we want to multiply, it's going to cost us. If we want to multiply, it's going to take our time. It's going to take our energy. It's going to take our resource. It's going to take our holidays. <laughs> we need to take some steps of faith to plant or go with a new home group to open your home to one, to start or join a new ministry birthed in the, in the local church. We need to be equipped and trained to lead. We need to start or support new services, new sites, and new church plants. We need to step out in new and fresh ways to engage our community with the gospel. We need to serve in the creche, do kids' church, be on the worship team, serve coffee to see the multiplication and the growth of those that God is going to bring in. And we need to exercise and be faithful with the gifts and the anointings of God upon our lives. Someone once made the comment to me, you know, you're so lucky. You just get to live a life that's of adventure and it's amazing and you get to fly and you get to go here and do this and I had to hold myself back from slapping them because <laughs> anybody knows that saying yes to Jesus is going to cost you to multiply the kingdom is going to cost you because Jesus gave it all and he's going to expect nothing less from us and it takes us saying yes it takes us saying, you know what, I can't do this, but I believe the word, I have faith that God will use me and that God will give me the power to do what he's called me to do. Can I say there has never been a moment that God has asked me to do something that I felt competent, adequate, or completely in control. <laughs> There's never been a moment that he's asked me to do something that I felt financially ready for that I felt physically ready for, that I felt career ready for. He just wanted my yes. And as we do these things, as we give him our yes, as we say, God, my life is no longer about me. Actually, when I went down in those waters of baptism, I didn't rise with my dreams and my life and my purpose and my this. I died. And now my life is all about 
believing your word, doing your word, and going in the power of the Holy Spirit. Judith, if you could maybe come up for me, that would be great. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs amongst the people. I believe this evening that God wants us to bring us back to the original mandate and mission over our lives and over our churches. I believe he wants to fill us with faith and he wants to fill us with power to go in his name tonight. And you might have been serving Jesus for a long time. You might say, well, I'm already doing this. I'm already at my max. Yes, you're at your max, but you're not at his max. And most of the times when God's called me to do something, I've said, you know, God, that's a little bit much. (laughs) And he says, yes, it's a bit much for you, but it's not for me in you. You might say, that's not in my personality. That's not in my budget. That's not in... I saw Graham and Tracy make a courageous decision this year. They believed that they needed to, Graham needed to leave. Um, He was still working part-time to supplement his income here. He was here a couple of days, a couple of days at his work. And God spoke to him about putting that down and coming here full-time with no promise of anything. And they said, yes, if it costs us, if we lose income, God, we're saying yes to you so that we can fully give ourselves to multiply the church and multiply your kingdom. And the very day that he made that decision, correct me if I'm wrong, Graham, someone in the life of this church phoned him and said, I don't know what you're doing or what decisions, but I just feel God say yes. God asked me many years ago to resign from my permanent employment. I was about to buy property. I was earning pretty much about 15 checks a year because of incentives and 13th checks. And I was sitting in the pound seat. Life was looking very rosy. I could pick my apostolic trips and pay for them. It was wonderful. Not sure if I really needed God. (laughs) And he said, I want you to give it all up. I said, and do what? He said, just give it up. He said, well, I need to earn an income and I need to look after myself. And he said, I want you to give it up. No questions, not going to be any answers, and they're probably not going to come soon. And after wise counsel connection, I remember sitting in Richard and Zelda's lounge thinking, they're going to say no, and that's my way out. And Richard looked at me and he smiled and he said, I think that's the best thing you can do with your life right now. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. 
it took a whole year before they asked me to come on staff here. I had to give up the place I stayed, my car, my cell phone, everything. And I'm not saying this to say, hey, check me out. But I said yes. And had I not said yes in that moment, I wouldn't be walking in the call of God where I was now. It was just before that a very big career opportunity opened to me. And I felt to say no. And it's the yeses along the way that bring multiplication through our lives, around us, and in the places that God's called us to. Is it going to cost you? Absolutely. But will he give you the power and sustain you? See, because the elders had decided before I gave up my job that they wanted to come, me to come on staff. But they wanted me to hear that myself and have faith for that. And so you might be scared out of your wits today as to what God's asking you to do. But can I say he's faithful? And he wants to use you to multiply his kingdom because he is coming back soon. And he says, I will not send you out empty-handed. I will give you what you need. And I will fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to invite you this evening. If you just feel something of the Holy Spirit's tugging upon your heart. To say, Jesus, I want to be a part of this multiplication. I want you to multiply your kingdom through me. I want to see people's lives saved, healed, delivered through my life whether I'm looking after kids in a creche or I'm feeding the poor or I'm preaching or I'm serving on a music team or I'm praying for someone in the office or I'm starting a home group or I'm planting a church. I want you to respond tonight, not to me, not to those around, but to Jesus, to say yes. To say yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. And I'm trusting that as we respond in faith tonight, that there's a power and an anointing that's going to come upon us. When Elisha pulled on Elijah's anointing, he got double. And it's that type of anointing, that cloak of anointing and power and grace that God wants to put on you tonight, that we can see multiplication in and through our lives and in through our churches. Maybe you've said, I'm not prepared to lead a home group. I'm not prepared to open my home. I'm not prepared for this. I'm not prepared for that. I believe tonight God is putting it upon your heart, some people's hearts, to plant, to give up employment. And all you need to say is yes tonight. He'll work out the rest. So if you want to stand and just respond to that word, I'd love to pray for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we come tonight and we say yes. We say yes. We say yes to your word. We say yes to the promptings of the Holy Spirit upon our lives right now. And I pray that faith would rise in our hearts to see that, Lord. Faith would rise in our hearts where we're going financially, it's not the right time. My kids aren't the right age. The house isn't big enough. Whatever our excuse is, we're just saying yes. 
you, Jesus. Thank you that heaven sees our yes tonight. That Jesus, you see our yes tonight. And I thank you, Jesus, that through those yeses, multiplication is going to come to us and it's going to come through us. He said to them to wait. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And it will bring boldness and courage to be witnesses, to do what God has called us to do, to multiply the kingdom. So Holy Spirit, I pray. And just as a sign to him, not to me, just to raise your hands with expectation. So Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and fill me with your power. Come and fill me with your grace that we sang about tonight. Come and fill me with your glory and your presence that will give us the supernatural ability to do what we could never do on our own, not in our personality, not in our strength, not in what we've learned, not in our, our academic achievements, but purely by the power of the Holy Spirit. us tonight. Fill us tonight, I pray, Holy Spirit. I feel like God's moving timelines up for people where you thought, oh, in two years, in six months, in three years, God's saying, no, I'm moving the timeline up. Will you still say yes? And I pray for an impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit upon you tonight. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're not going to rush this moment because the Holy Spirit's doing a work, speaking to people. Jesus, rest upon us, Jesus. Rest upon us, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. We say yes. We say yes.